millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Kia ora. For Eyewitness and RNZ, I'm Justin Gregory. It's February 1994, and in Auckland, the big day out is bursting noisily into life. The giant outdoor music festival is making its New Zealand debut at Mount Smart Stadium, and on the lineup are American Grunge King Soundgarden and Smashing Pumpkins, as well as local and Australian acts. But while the big day out is just getting going, one of the bands playing that day is calling it quits. Eyewitness takes us back to the beginning of something good and the end of something great. We'd sort of been usurped by the whole grunge movement, really. Uh, we didn't really sort of fit in 100% into that. We sort of missed the boat, or our timing wasn't quite right. This is Shane Carter, founder and main songwriter of Straightjacket Fits. The Dunedin Band formed in 1986, when guitarist Carter and drummer John Colley teamed up with bass player David Wood and guitarist and songwriter Andrew Bruff. With manager Debbie Gibbs on board and the unique sonic dramas seemingly in place right from the start, the ambitious group began to play, to record and to make a name for themselves. In 1987 they released their first EP. It was called Life in One Chord and track two became their best known song. She Speeds made the top ten here and got attention overseas, with one Australian reviewer calling it arguably the greatest debut single of all time. APRA would later put it at number nine in their top 100 New Zealand songs. The band's first album, Hail, followed a year later, and in 1989 the Straightjacket Fits began the first of many international tours. Bizarrely, they were in Berlin the week the wall came down. We actually saw East German families coming out punching the air in triumph as they emerge from their trabants, as that those fiberglass smoke machine cars. You could tell the, uh, the East German people, because they're the ones with the bad complexions and doubtily dressed and invariably carrying bananas and video equipment because they couldn't get either um, on the other side of the wall. The band signed a six-album deal with a major US label and released a second album called Melt. With Carter's sneering rock songs, Bruff's gorgeous ballads and Wood's epic mullet, they were as well-placed as any late 80s band to try and take on the world. We ended up playing all these sort of stadium rock dates. We had this really uh, momentous gig at Mountain Rock and this uh, horizontal rain. It was actually a really dangerous situation, but sort of added to the whole epic flavour of the show. Um, now, the Straight Jackets was quite a um, big sonic rock band, so we actually really sort of suited those mega proportioned gigs here. But like the song says, bands are those funny little plans that never work quite right. 
Done in by touring and arguments over songwriting, Andrew Bruff left the Fits in 1992. He was replaced by guitarist Mark Peterson. An EP called Done followed shortly, and the band stepped up to playing on bigger and bigger stages. It seemed they were living the dream. But that's not how it felt to Shane Carter, who started feeling the need for change after the release of their 1993 album, Blow. So I kind of had mixed feelings about that last record. I thought half it was good, half it wasn't so good. I said the band's harshest critic. Two tough tours followed, and by the time they were done, so was Shane. He told the band he didn't want to do it anymore. The band had also been going for eight years, and I just sort of felt like we'd explored what there was to explore between us. I'd also played with John, the drummer, uh, and the Double Happies before that, so I'd sort of played with the same collection of musicians for a long time, and yeah, I really wanted to try something new. And it wasn't a bitter or acrimonious breakup. Everyone kind of understood. Not many outside the band understood, though. Of all the local groups around at the time, the Fits had seemed most likely to go all the way. They could have done so much better. Couldn't they? Shane Carter doesn't buy that. Yeah, that's become a really popular line with the band, though. It's almost sort of become its um, epitaph. You know, that's kind of in commercial success terms. And, you know, as far as playing blistering rock and roll gigs, you know, we did that heaps of times. So that, to me, that moment is what's, what it's really about. Those gigs we played, they were transcendent experiences. And I still find that with music, you know. I can still play shows or play a bit of music, and it's transporting and transcendent. That to me is success, you know. Maybe I could have had some speedboats and a big house, but you know, I'd much rather play a rocking tune than be out in a speedboat anyway. So Auckland's first big day out became the Fit's final show. They'd been with the festival through Australia, and by the time they got back home, they were keen to go out on a high. They were given every opportunity to do just that. They gave us a really sweet spot. We think uh, we play between Smashing Pumpkins and Soundgarden or something. And So I'd just like to say completely non-modestly that we kicked both their asses, and, uh, which was probably um, on our agenda as well. And that was a very satisfying thing for us because, um, like I said, I don't think we were as commercially big as those bands, but um, we could still kick their ass, yeah. Understandably, they ended the set with a song that had started it all. And when the show was over, so was the band. Yeah, there was no balloons uh, falling from the ceiling or anything like that. I think you know, we literally went to the after party for a half an hour and then went home, yeah. We've been on that sort of successful band trip, you know, where you're taken away to America and featured by major labels and all that kind of stuff, so yeah, it's a trip, you know, and then all of a sudden when that trip ends, you know, think, oh, okay, well, what do I do now? Um, I personally found myself three months later sitting in Wins in Dunedin being asked by the person behind the desk whether I lived in the halfway house down the road. So it was a long way from Ericsson Stadium to the Wins office, but not really, two months. <laughs> Music continued to come from Shane Carter, but in surprising forms. I kind of felt a bit bored of rock music and wanted to explore something else and that was eventually uh, culminated in the first Dimmer album which was kind of quite a, um, I believe you are as well, which was quite an introverted affair, yeah. 
And then, more than 10 years after they broke up, Straightjacket Fitz got back together. We actually played at a birthday party for our manager. It was so cool and it was such good fun that, yeah, we ended up during a tour of New Zealand. We said, well, that was great fun. They're our songs. It's our legacy to screw up if we want to screw it up. Yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, we went out and did a Reformation tour. I think that was 2005, 2006. And, you know, any sort of threads or misgivings or anything that had been left hanging by the end of the band were pretty healed by that um, by that experience. We had a great time. Um, you know, I can remember before every gig we'd sort of get in our little huddle and we'd say, well, just remember where the straight jacket fits. And it was such an empowering thing to say to each other. They planned to play more shows, but the 2011 death of bass player David Wood put an end to that. Uh, we are offered a show with Roxy Music, and uh, we actually said, yeah, we'd go do it, because, well, they offered us a shitload of money, and um, also uh, I was Roxy Music and wanted to talk to Phil Manzanera about his guitar pedals, but if David was still alive, yeah, you know, we could still play shows, and like I say, it was our legacy to screw up if we wanted to. Once again, and surely finally, Straightjacket Fits were finished. And 20 years after it began, the big day out came to an end too. Shane Carter is back living in the Dunedin area, and he says his drive now is the same as it was when the Fitz formed in 1986, to play the best song he can, as honestly as he can, as often as he can. Look, that sounds trite, but it's true. And if anything, you go through that whole business and you come out the other end and realise that it's probably even truer, you know? When you go through the industry, you get all these people poking at you, you get all these people telling you what you should do, you get outside pressures from uh, record labels, from maybe not so much these days, radio stations and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think half the battle of, you know, to keep your sanity and to keep doing good work is to keep all that stuff at bay, you know, you've got to deal with it. When you hit that kernel of truth with your bit of music, whether it's performing it or writing it, that's the buzz, you know, and... You don't even need any outside validation for that. It's um, you, you know it, you know. And similarly, you know that when you you know when you're sucking. It was an intense experience that the four or five of us, or six, including Debbie, the manager, that we shared. Uh, you know, you're always going to have that bond with those people. Um, David's passed away now, but um, when I see the other people, I don't even have to say anything to them really. In fact, yeah, I usually don't. You know, it's just sort of. Unspoken, you, you don't have to say anything. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool thing to share with people. Disconnected to the present step. Shane startled a few people recently with an album of songs played on the piano, but it doesn't mean he swapped his fuzz pedals for a pipe and slippers. It's just another evolution from a songwriter who is always about more than just life in one chord. Who knows, the next album could be as loud as hell. Yeah, man, look, I actually really want to make a really heavy guitar record. Uh, not uh, putting down the piano album at all, but yeah, I'm actually writing some really heavy riffs at the moment, so yes, I'm quite embracing the rock at the moment. You've been listening to Eyewitness on RNZ National. If you enjoyed this story, please write a review or rate us on iTunes. You can subscribe or listen to every Eyewitness podcast on iTunes or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're there, we'd invite you to dip into any of the other RNZ podcasts. Eyewitness was written and presented by me, Justin Gregory, and engineered by Blair Stagpole. Ka kite anō. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.